Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of Quick Cuts, a plastic surgery podcast. Today we're going to be talking about breast reduction, so let's get started. And we'll start with a review of the relevant anatomy. In order to really grasp the surgical approaches for breast reduction, it's important to have a solid understanding of the blood supply to the breast. The blood supply comes primarily from perforator vessels originating from three separate arterial systems, which include the internal mammary system, the lateral thoracic system, and the thoracoacromial system. And while vessels from all three systems anastomose in the breast, the dominant blood supply to the nipple areolar complex is typically derived from the internal mammary system. By understanding this vascular anatomy in surgery, it allows you to preserve select perforators as vascular pedicles to the nipple areolar complex, as well as maintain blood supply to the remaining breast parenchyma. It's similarly important to understand the sensory innervation of the breast. Sensation to the medial breast is supplied by the anterior cutaneous branches of the first through sixth intercostal nerves, and the lateral breast by the lateral cutaneous branches of the second through sixth intercostal nerves. Supraclavicular nerve branches also contribute to sensation in the superior portion of the breast. Perhaps most important to remember is that the dominant sensation to the nipple areolar complex is derived primarily from the lateral cutaneous branch of the fourth intercostal nerve. We'll talk next about how we evaluate and manage breast reduction patients. When taking a history, important considerations include any prior or planned pregnancy and breastfeeding, any prior breast surgeries, and any personal or family history of breast cancer. Women over 40 should have a baseline screening mammogram or be up to date on their recommended screening requirements. Patients with large breasts that will require reduction, referred to as macromastia, will commonly report neck, back, or shoulder pain. You should ask these patients how they've addressed this pain in the past, specifically with regards to medication requirements, as well as any physical therapy or chiropractic treatments that they may have had. This information is often important in obtaining insurance coverage for the surgery. Similarly, it's important to ask the patient about any intertriginous rashes beneath the breasts and any medications that may have been required for treatment, and the duration of all symptoms should be recorded. Physical exam in patients with macromastia may demonstrate grooving on the shoulders from the weight of the bra strap, trapezial hypertrophy, and rashes or skin breakdown under the breast as previously discussed. You should take note of the current breast size, any breast or nipple asymmetry, and the degree of breast ptosis. You should also check the breasts for masses and assess baseline nipple sensation. As you counsel the patient about surgery, it's important that you discuss expectations and determine the patient's desired breast size. You should note that although most patients have normal nipple sensation postoperatively, decreased or increased sensation are also possible. Another important conversation relates to future plans for pregnancy and breastfeeding. The current literature lacks consensus as to exactly how reduction affects a woman's ability to breastfeed, but patients should be counseled that their ability to breastfeed postoperatively will likely remain similar to that of the general population. You should, however, counsel patients that formula supplementation may be required. A final important point to discuss with juvenile patients or patients planning pregnancy is that breast size may continue to change after reduction. Although not always possible, the ideal time to perform surgery is after breast size has stabilized. The goal of surgery is to both provide symptomatic relief as well as improve the aesthetic appearance of the breast. Many surgical techniques have been described for breast reduction, and a complete review of these techniques is beyond the scope of the podcast. But to simplify how we think about breast reduction, it's easiest to break it down into its two components, the skin resection and the parenchymal resection. The skin resection addresses the skin envelope of the breast and will determine the final scar. Some common examples of skin excision patterns include the inverted T or Y's pattern, vertical, and periareolar. 
The second component of breast reduction is the parenchymal resection, with preservation of a vascular pedicle for the nipple. And it's important to understand that this is performed independently of the skin resection pattern. A variety of different pedicle types have been described, including superior, supromedial, medial, inferior, lateral, central mound, and bipedicled techniques. In particularly large and pendulous breasts, some surgeons may even choose to forego a pedicle altogether and perform free nipple grafting. And in select patients, reduction can be performed with liposuction only. One important surgical point to remember is that all excised breast tissue should be sent as a specimen for pathological examination, as this may help to identify occult breast cancer. It's worth noting that women with prior history of breast cancer in a contralateral breast have higher rates of incidental cancer findings in the reduction specimen, with most reported rates varying between 2 and 5%. In regards to complications of surgery, the most important complication to be aware of is compromised nipple vascularity. This can lead to partial or complete nipple loss. Intraoperative indicators of inadequate blood supply or venous drainage from the nipple include a pale or dusky nipple respectively. If seen intraoperatively, you should attempt to release sutures and evaluate the pedicle for kinking. If revisionary techniques are unable to salvage the pedicled nipple, free nipple grafting may be required. Additional complications may include delayed wound healing, hematoma, and fat necrosis. Galacteria, or milky discharge from the nipple, is a rare but documented complication of any breast surgery. If present, this could potentially benefit from treatment with bromocryptine. And that's a wrap for our discussion on breast reduction. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Feel free to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions, you can reach me at jakemarksmd at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at jakemarksmd. Thanks for listening. See you next time.